Loaded Bases, episode one, very first one, and today, baseball is back. So, first off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been dealing with me these past few months of getting this whole thing ready and situated, because I can guarantee you, especially my wife, she's been a been a pain in the butt. So my preconceived idea of this whole doing a podcast thing, it's been honestly a lot of work, extreme amount of work. It's been uh, very sleepless nights doing, working full-time, going to school full-time, doing this full-time. It's uh, a lot more work than people think it all started with an idea but that's the easy part just make an idea you got to make that first step so with this journey of uh doing loaded bases um it opened my eyes it's uh i thought i knew i guess a decent amount of stuff in baseball but there is so much more than just what's on the field and off-season trades and all that stuff. It's, uh, you got the marketing side, you got the digital content side, you got the coaches, you got the players, you got the owners, front office. It's, it's way more than just a game. Baseball is a business. At the end of the day, baseball is a love and a game, but the MLB, that's a business. It has been an honor and pleasure interviewing and talking to MLB players, minor league players, uh, minor league coaches, scouts, uh, marketing guys in baseball entrepreneurs who are former players and they use that mentality to use in business. That's a big, it's, 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 there's thousands of ways that a baseball player can be, keep going. They can grind away. Once you are a baseball player, you will always have that mentality of, a, of being a baseball player. And for me, cause I am wanting to be in the marketing side of this, um, I decided that I wanted to see everyone's route into being a part of this industry. So with that being said, one of the biggest eye openers that I came across, I want to say about last year, uh, was a company called Momentum. Momentum is a media network that focuses on athletes through storytelling on the most human level possible one of their founders uh is trevor bauer he uh pitches on the cincinnati reds he is one of the few players that will talk about like the analytics and the numbers of baseball and that to me i i I feel that's a big topic that people do need to look at because it is more than just throwing a ball and it's more than just hitting a ball there's way more things that us fans 
can learn about. So we need to take the time and actually understand what happens behind the scenes in baseball, like before the players get on the field and before they get signed, before this whole process that they have, like before they start playing. So my first guest is uh, Momentum's Director of Marketing. He was actually one of the first people that I reached out to when I had this idea of uh, starting a podcast. And huge thank you to this guy. One of the most helpful, down-to-earth people that I've, I've, like, I've talked to. Loaded bases. We have Alec Palmer here today. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. You know, uh, we, uh, you know, momentum, we're, we're kicking it off, man. It's, it's, this whole quarantine has been nuts, but what we're doing is trying to build as fast as we can and keep going and kind of hit the ground running as soon as, uh, you know, fingers crossed and season. Yeah. And, you know, by the time this airs, there might be a season, but, or not, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess on said the last thing I heard there was going to be, was it a 48 game season? Yeah, I mean, we see the, the proposals going around in the most ridiculous things. I mean, we've, saw, we've seen the players propose 114, the commissioners say 50, then the you know, 48, whatever. It's, I feel like they're very far apart right now. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm praying that there's going to be a season. It'd be great. But, you know, it's just I feel like every day I'm getting a little, more, a little bit more discouraged. And I hope that uh, this is proven wrong by the time this comes out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tell me, how did Momentum start? Yeah. And why so, did it start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so about a couple of years ago, uh, Cincinnati Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer, then with the Cleveland Indians, um, you know, as we know, and as I'm sure all the listeners know, he's one of the most outspoken and controversial. Oh, yeah. And, you know, media was able to kind of write a narrative for him. And he didn't really appreciate that. You know, he's anybody who knows him has been around him knows that anything the media was trying to like sway him as or portray him as was mm-hmm. not really who he was. And, and he knew that too. Uh, so he kind of got sick of that and he uh, paired up with a you know, really accomplished filmmaker and Tyke Green, one of his best friends. And then, you know, also a trainer up at driveline baseball up in Seattle. Northwest. And, yeah. And uh, they kind of just had the idea to, they're like, well, let's just do our own thing. You know, give players a platform, give players to a chance to speak for themselves and kind of tell their own story. And that's kind of the genesis of the idea. And about January 2019 is when, you know, everything really got kicked into gear. And that was, you know, just a bunch of content about Trevor. And they got, you know, some more early pieces, Leonis Martin, Javier Baez, mm-hmm. you know, some of, some of those earlier pieces were really starting to establish the, the storytelling aspect and telling our stories and telling those stories of the players. And, you know, I came in March 2019. I started, I went to school in Cleveland. I was finished up grad school. And um, I had emailed them one day. I saw they were doing a bunch of content and legitimately just sent an email. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm in Cleveland. I'd love to help out. I love what you guys are doing. And kind of the right place, right time. And I helped out. was freelancing directly with Trevor uh, for a few weeks. And then about May 2019, I accepted an offer to be a videographer at Momentum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ever since then, I kind of just maneuvered my way uh, around to, to get more and more involved with business operations and the marketing aspect and just kind of trying to help out because I really believe in a mission. Mm-hmm. And, for sure. Know, our, our mission is, you know, we're connecting fans with athletes through all different types of storytelling in the most human, genuine way possible. Yeah. And that's something I really relate to. I really resonate with. And now as, you know, director of marketing, I get to help her, you know, achieve that goal and push us forward. And especially in times where, 
you know, it, it, especially in the days legitimately this week of guys being able to speak out, you know, on Black Lives Matter, on justice for George Floyd and, and you know, all, all that situation, they are using their platforms and yeah. we want to be that, that, that part, uh, you know, that place where they can go and, and speak out. And you know, as you see, um, some of our events we've been doing is all about showing their platform and, and yep. just showing who they are. You guys are like nailing it. Yeah. Say, I, I think it was uh, one night. I forgot when, but uh, so I actually stumbled across your guys' uh, Instagram, and mm-hmm. then and then I got stuck just watching video after video. Yeah. I just kept going down and down and down, <laughs> and then I was hooked. I mean, I would always keep up, and then yeah. like keep track of you guys. That's awesome, man. I, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, that's how I got, so I sent the email. I think I was, mm-hmm. I forget what, I forget exactly what piece it was, but I was like, this is really cool. You know, I think it was a piece about Trevor, but I was like, this is really cool. I, I really love what they're doing. And that's kind of why I got motivated to send the email. And funny enough, I sent it and wrote the email while I was not paying attention in one of my classes, which is, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. You know, uh, I forget who, I think it was professor Shrag. you know, don't, it all don't, works out. It all works yeah. out. It's like, listen, I, I worked out, I graduated, passed the class, everything was good. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys, uh, how do you set up interviews with uh, uh, players? Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, we all come with our own connections. So yeah. whoever that may be, obviously Trevor being the, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, having he knows all everyone. the players. Exactly, the players' connections. Um, so he has a lot of phone numbers, so we can able to just like, you know, be like, hey, we're reach out and kind of pass them along to, you know, myself, Tyke or Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can start doing that, you know, DMS work, Instagram, Twitter, those work. Uh, I mean, guys reach out to us sometimes asking about content, if they can start creating content. we think that's kind of like, that's where we want to be where yeah. it's going to be a bunch of incoming requests rather than outgoing requests. And obviously we want to be creating, but guys reaching out and say, Hey, I want to do content. Hey, I, you know, I have this really cool story and I, we're doing all this. That's the type of thing that we want to provide. Mm-hmm. we want to be known as that thought leader, that premier destination for these guys to be able to tell their stories, no matter what it might be. I think like knowing about the players, like real life yeah. situations and stories are awesome. Yeah. I mean, you saw it last year, Randy Dobnak from the twins, yeah. uh, the, the infamous Uber driver, yeah. also a big league pitcher. Um, and, but the, it's true, man, it, it, minor leaguers and, and the minor league system, and you're seeing it a lot right now with owners cutting them or not paying yeah. them paying them i mean you're, you'd be making more money on unemployment uh rather than a minor league and, and it's crazy um there are, it's obviously way more players way more teams than mm. anything but you know the their employees and you should be paying them and it's it's pretty sad to see um that some guy it's it's tough because people think professional baseball professional athletes are it's all glitz and glamour and you know it's in baseball I don't know what this is a percentage off the top of my head. It's probably wrong, but like what 70% of it is not because they're all in the minors trying to just host families and getting a very minimal salary and working two or three jobs and driving Uber. Like it's crazy to see what they go through just to play. And then it's all for that, that big check. And it's all for that, those years in the future. And that's why I think baseball players are some of the hardest workers because the, path you have to take and have to achieve at a high level to get to the final, you know, final destiny. Well, I mean, like, so I've talked to a few guys and they're all trying to find out, I guess, like a second gig to do. And mm-hmm. then they're trying to learn like more skills because if their baseball path just ends because of all this, yeah, then they have something to, like fall back on. 
was like, yeah. so you went to college for accounting <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and you're doing content. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I've kind of always looked at, you know, most things in my life, I think as everything's a stepping stone, everything's yeah. another place to get. And when I went into school, so actually uh, this is kind of crazy. I went into college, I wanted to play baseball and I declared a major in my freshman year of neuroscience. And I really love psychology and, and society, like the whole type of the mind and behavioral health and all that. I still love to learn about that. I think it's so interesting. Um, but I realized I don't want to sit in the lab and work with rats and, and for, for yeah. four or five years. So I decided against that. I, I got out. I loved it. I just, it wasn't right for me. I couldn't see myself doing it long term. So I did. So I switched to marketing uh, for about two weeks. And then I was like, you know what? I think it might be just like, at least for me, I didn't want to just like, I didn't know I wanted to do marketing yet. So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to just put myself in that box yet. Uh, my dad's a financial advisor, went to school for accounting. And I was like, you know what? I like it. I took a couple classes in high school. It's like, it, it's very adaptive. It's very applicable to a bunch of different things. So oh, yeah. let's just use that and I'll figure out the rest as I go. So I was an accounting major, um, came into my senior year and I was like, you know, I didn't want to go into the real world yet. I felt like I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so I went to grad school, got my MBA, uh, with a specialty in accounting, but for all intents and purposes, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. He is. You um, have an MBA. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. I got the letters. Uh, went straight after undergrad, took that, and now um, yeah, I'm non-content. But how I looked at it was, if you can understand the financial aspect and the business operation aspect of a company, you can work in anywhere. You can work in yeah, any type sure. of industry. That it doesn't limit you to only one. And that's just how I looked at it. And some other people might disagree, but I think if I can understand that part, then I can be very valuable no matter where I might be. And you know, momentum, the moment is here and I hope it continues on and I can be as valuable as I possibly can far into the future. The route that you took, almost the same kind of like what I'm doing. We're marketing right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's very broad, but yeah. I guess I just want to learn yeah. all of that. I have always taught myself everything. I taught myself you know, videography, photography, graphic design, mm -hmm. social media on college. And if you had told me my freshman year that this is what I'd be doing, I'd be like, no, get the hell out of here. Like, there's yeah. no way. And, uh, but yeah, I'm here. And I think if you're just teaching yourself, that's the best way to learn. And I, when, whether it's in interviews or what, whatever, if yeah. someone asks me, they're like, well, you didn't go to school for it. So how do you like know about it? And I was like, yeah. well, I don't have any bad habits to break. They have the piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. I'm against that whole, yeah, the whole concept of just because you have the piece of paper, but then again, yeah. that's the show that you finished it. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I just uh, I I got it done. Got got the uh, you know I did get that piece of paper, but I I got it done, and I was like, I'm gonna do what I want to do anyways, yeah. and what I'm what I'm passionate about, and this kind of mended all of those, and it's crazy. It was my first job out of college, but um, it's been the best best time of my life so far. Oh, hands down. What's your favorite content that you've created? Like me personally or momentum? Yeah. Uh, let's do both. Okay. You, you personally. Favorite piece I created. Um, I will, I didn't create the whole thing. I, I mm -hmm. shot all of it. Um, was, was a traded documentary and, and Taiki edited it. Oh it yeah. Crazy. I watched I that one. The edited. It's great. And, uh, it, it's, it was so cool. I think just for the experience of, being able to be there and understand all that goes into a mid-season trade like that. Um, and, and the shooting of it was so super cool. I got to go to Atlanta and I got to do the, you know, 
shoot on the plane and, and shoot in like everywhere. It was really just a cool experience. And I think mm-hmm. it, again, like I look back and we look back and I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, the shooting wasn't all a most impressive thing in the world. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is not it, but it was about capturing the essence of what happened. And I, I think especially how they edited it, it was amazing how they put the story together and how it all just came together. It was just really amazing. Um, but probably on the momentum side, just in general. I think it's funny. This season of Bauer Bites is going to be really awesome. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, when it comes out later this summer, like it's going to be far and away the best thing we've ever done. Um, just from the guests to the production value to the stories that got told. I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, but I, I think that's a cop out because it's not out yet. Um, <laughs> but I would say probably, honestly, I, I really like our live at bat series. I think it's really oh, yeah. good. Um, I, I could be honest, like at the beginning, we were all, when we were trying to decide if we should do it and everything, I was, we were all just kind of throwing out all the different possibilities. And I was a little hesitant at first, but just mm-hmm. seeing how it all came out and how people were just attaching to it. Oh, it turned out great. It, it, it's amazing. Um, and, and our team is just absolutely killing it. Um, I have to shout out Scott just grinding away pretty much every day editing a new episode. I mean, we've got, I forget how many we have, we have probably four or five more uh, that are going to be coming out. And it's, it's something that is just so normal and so Mm -hmm. natural. I mean, they're just, they're, they're getting their work in, but they're mic'd up. It's in the desert. It's just super fun and relaxing. You get to see these guys like you've never seen them before. And then, you know, Paige Halstead, the pro softball player coming Mm -hmm. out, she, absolute like electric she's absolutely electric uh, how just she's from cannon. the trash talking absolute cannon too yeah i mean crazy on the field and just like just she, her personality just gelled so well um and it's funny she faced we have another one coming out you'll see um she's facing two more pitchers uh, mm-hmm. so it's really cool it, it is really <laughs> really cool uh to watch that it just i got to actually see it live uh, mm-hmm. last week and it was the first time I was there when I was filming and being out there, it's just, it just feels like how we did the Sandlot game. This is, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is what it felt like. It felt like they just picked up a mound, went it, to their backyard. And then just having fun. Yeah. It just, I mean, I mean, like it's all like raw footage, just like having yeah. fun with it. Exactly. And I, I love it. It turned out great. And it's, I, I would, I feel pretty confident saying it's been our most successful content series. Um, you know, that and Bauer Bites probably one yeah. one B. I'm excited like to see like where you guys go. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I would say because you guys have only been around for not that long, and yeah. say like you said, January twenty nineteen. Yeah, so what, yeah, year, five months. You guys are gonna take off. I hope so, man. I'm, I'm praying. I'm fingers crossed for that. <laughs> How many people do you have on the team? Yeah, so right now, uh, so there's Trevor, uh, and then Trevor and Tyke are co-founders, and then Scott is our uh, main editor and videographer, and myself is director of marketing. So that's all we have right now. It's four of us. Um, but like day to day, it's really three of us. I mean, Trevor has the overall vision and everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his you know his side hustle of being a professional athlete uh, takes up most of his time. Uh, but uh, you know, other than that, we uh, we're actually going to bring on someone hopefully uh, you know later this week or coming up here soon. So we're expanding the team for the first time, and it's uh, it's exciting. Or you know, obviously, it just a little bit anxiety inducing because it's like we got someone new yeah and, and we're growing and i think it's just all positive signs and we're really excited we, we we had some great candidates and we are really excited about whomever it might be that does come on gonna boom here soon 
I hope so. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about it. Um, but we, we really, we have a lot of work ahead of us. So just continuously just keep like one foot in front of the other, just keep grinding it out. For sure. What was your, I guess when you're younger, like mm-hmm. little kid, what was your dream yeah. job? Honestly, for the longest time, it was to be a sports medicine in sports medicine, be an MD in sports med. Um, I have always wanted to, I, loved how I got, I played baseball my whole life through mm. college or well, two years into college and then got hurt. And it was always just really just exciting to me. It was, I was enthralled by that whole idea. Um, I just, that was always wanted what I wanted to do. Um, but then I kind of wore off coming, like coming out of high school. And then I really started understanding how teams and leagues and the sports actually work Yeah, from sure. front office to the, you know, There's a lot more than just on the field. It is. It's absurd. unreal. <laughs> yeah. I, I really found my like, calling, you know, like as everyone says, but it was, what was it? My junior going into my senior year of college. Um, I worked for a company or a, a second tier uh, professional soccer team called the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the United Soccer League. And I was a marketing corporate partnerships intern there. And I did everything, like every possible thing I could get my hands on. I tried. I was the mascot for every home game. <laughs> I, I, it was crazy. I, I literally was. Um, and then I cleaned toilets. I ran tickets. I ran security. I ran the halftime show. That is everything. I, I'm not kidding you. If there was, it was the coolest moment when uh, my boss at the time, her, she gave myself and one of the other interns, Connor, um, she was like, just here's your night. We had a promotional night. They're like, just do whatever you want with it. But we don't have any money to do anything. So <laughs> you have to figure it out. And it ended up being like one of the most attended games. People loved the night. It was like kind of like a throwback to an, one of the old soccer teams in Pittsburgh. And it just, that was when it really solidified. It was cool because she, um, we were like prepping for the game and she gave me the walkie talkie. And <laughs> I was like, this is, I made it. I made it. I have the walkie talkie. Everyone has to ask me now. Um, but it was, that was really when I felt like I need to be in sports. I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I loved the, I loved the operations and the behind the scenes work of sports because it makes me appreciate it so much when I go to, you know, when there was live sports. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) Back in the day. Yeah. Back in my day, you could go to a game, you didn't have to watch it on TV. Uh, But no, it, it really makes me appreciate when I go there and I see the security. I see the ticket takers. I see them. I just, I, I don't know something about it. I just, I feel so much more connected to, to sport when I, when mm-hmm. I see it now, uh, rather than just being a fan. And I, I, I love, I love feeling like that. And that's something I carry a lot throughout my whole life is when I'm connected to something, I'm all in, I'm way more invested. I'm way more about, you know, consuming the product and so much more about it than just the surface level. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there's so much more like in depth. Yeah. Well, so so when I quit mm-hmm. playing for uh, college, I guess right when I stopped playing, I learned that there was more to the game than just playing on the field. There's yeah. my love for the game grew. Yeah, I, exactly how I felt. Um, it's a it's a different love uh, yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, it's uh, you don't have the control you had. Yep, but it makes you appreciate everything so much more. When I got hurt in college, that was, I mean, I, I blew out my labrum and then. 
that was probably the worst year of my life. I gained like 25 pounds. I just didn't do anything. I just felt overall just like a piece of trash. And I knew I needed to change that. And that's without that year, um, I would never have gotten into what I got into. I, I decided I wanted to, I needed to be around the team. I missed my friends. I missed sports. I missed, missed being around the program. We have an incredible yeah. program at Baldwin Wallace with, you know, coach Harrison and coach DeAngelis. I mean, they were the incredible leaders, incredible human beings. And I, you know, I look up to them uh, just for whatever, everything they did for me. Um, and when I realized I needed to be back into it, I went to them and I was like, I think I can do this. I've never done it, but I need you to trust me. And they're like, sure. You know, and, and we did it. And that's without that, I would not be here. And mm. that's, I owe so much to them, if not everything to them for this. Oh yeah. It's, it's like one moment, I guess it pretty much like defines like your future. Like it's, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely it's understand nice. that one. It's like, it's like the baseball guys are listening we got a better plan for you. Yeah. And now you just get to do the other, the whole other aspect of baseball yeah. instead, instead of playing it. No, I, I, I love it, man. It's, it's a hundred percent. I'm a huge believer in, in, you know, the, the cliche of everything happens for a reason. I, I think it is, you know, everything does, but you know, without, without all those experiences, I would not be, you know, I wouldn't be on this podcast. That's for sure. I, I would, I'd probably be, you know, at getting ready to go into my nine to five accounting job or, or something yeah. like that at this point. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's a, yeah, man. It's, it's a fun one. <laughs> I can imagine. And shout out to my bosses listening. I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a, no, there's, there, there's lots of ways that you can work in baseball. Tons of different ways. Yeah. I mean, same here. We, uh, you know, it's kind of, we filled the void. Um, and we're dedicated to baseball. You know, they eventually would love to be able to be big enough where we can, we can reach out, branch out mm-hmm. and be, bigger but you know baseball mlb has historically done a terrible job at yep. marketing their players um and they can't seem to figure it out even right now when people would literally like give up their firstborn child to watch uh, yeah. you know to watch some more baseball and they have the opportunity to be the only the only sport you know, playing and it's it's looking more and more like it's not going to happen whether it's a season or the nba yeah. start at the same time it's going to be tough but you know, that, I think that's just along, uh, along the same lines of they have failed to market their players. They failed to market the game. And, and you see how the NBA and the NFL, I mean, they're the top level. I would say the NBA is the, the pinnacle for how to market your sport. Market. All right, they're doing it well. I mean, being able to – everyone is a fan of players. They're not a fan yep. of the teams. I mean, yeah, you, you are a fan of the team. But, look, I mean, I, I lived, I've been living in Cleveland for seven, eight years now. Like – it's been you're a LeBron James fan and he broke Cleveland's heart twice by leaving yep, yep. and they still stand him. It's amazing. Yeah. And, but cause they're fans of who he is. They're not fans of they, they are Cavs fans. Yes. But they're not just that they're, they, they attach to players and that's what we're trying to do in baseball is you don't have to be, you know, if someone leaves the Cubs, like you don't automatically want to root for them. Exactly. I mean, well, okay. So that's like, okay. So one of my favorite players is Tommy LaStella. Yeah. Okay. Because he was pretty much like a pinch hitter only Yeah. for the Cubs. And then when he got uh, sent to the angels, I was so happy for him. Yeah. I mean, because then he got to go out and then now he had a opportunity and then he made, he did amazing last year. Yeah. Just because he had, he had that opportunity. And 
I mean, like I'm still going to a root for him. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. I'm a pirates fan and it's, yeah. it's the most depressing thing <laughs> about my life. Um, but I, I still sit there and root for them and, and yeah. root for the team. But then I look at, uh, you know, Garrett Cole left and he, I root for him. I mean, this, this goes back my entire childhood of Jack Wilson, Jason Bay, Freddie Sanchez, um, you know, like it just continues to go on like Jose Bautista, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, Josh Harrison, you, I just, Andrew McCutcheon, I, I can sit here and just keep pulling guys <laughs> out and it's, and it just happened so many times that I'm like, I was so happy when Freddie Sanchez won with the Giants or, or the World, I forget, World Series MVP. And then I was happy when Jason Bay was with the, the Mets and the Red Sox after the Pirates, I think. Yep, yep. Um, and, and just the same thing. They just left. And I was still fans of them because I knew they weren't getting their shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Garrett Cole, he was, he was great for the Pirates. But then he was Cy Young level when he left. Yep. And I have to be excited about that. I have to. With what you guys are doing can correlate with this whole talk because, I mean, because like the average fan, they don't know like what people are actually going through. Yeah. And then, and then like their stories, they just see him as a player on the field yep. and, they, and they just want them to do good. Other than that, exactly. they don't care. Yeah. And that's our whole goal is, you know, all these guys are more than, uh, you know, more than that Jersey, more than that name yeah. on the back. They, they're human beings. And I think the one thing I usually just, you know, jokingly describe these guys is, you know, they get drunk and text their ex-girlfriends too. Like, yeah, oh yeah. they're just like everyone else. And um, I think when you try to put it in that perspective and see it through that lens, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. You not, of course I get upset when the pirates lose or, you know, whatever, but it's not so much of like a, there's some people who devote their whole being to like a fandom mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, life or death every game. Yeah. And, and I think when you have that, add that extra layer of there's these guys, you know, when they have a bad game, they go over for four, you know, two K's and a, two pop-ups. Like they're not just driving away super happy. They're still upset. They have to yeah. go back to their families and, and deal with who knows what else is going on. Yeah. You know, family issues or you know kids or anything and there's so much more that they have to do and I, I just never subscribe to the idea of like one you know shut up and play I don't think that's right but two like they they don't all of a sudden get to be like uh have to be perfect just because yeah. now they're making millions of dollars of sport it, it's that's just not how it is um and it's impossible it's 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 unfair to expect that from them oh no I mean, because they they are there like for their job. Yeah. I mean, like that that is their career. Yep. I mean, it's just it's. I mean, like the whole thing with uh, I guess fans. Well, so I so I can't follow like any like the fan pages anymore because they just yeah. they do not yeah. get it. But like, would you take a big pay cut just to make someone else happy? That's the thing is. I, I, I totally get the, the thought process and like everyone's yeah. hurting right now. I, I really do. I get that logic, but it's, it's a principle thing of they are being expected to perform for someone who has not given, who has not done the be- everything they can to avoid that situation. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that uh, you know, almost every player in the league would play the game for free. I don't think anyone really is arguing that. Yeah. It's more about, you can't expect these guys to one, you know, the normal assume the normal injury risks and, and risks that go into playing the game at such a high level. Add on the global pandemic, 
add on they're not getting paid their full salary, add on that they probably have to be somewhat of a quarantine. Yeah. And maybe not be able to see their families or not be able to see anything else except their play, their teammates. You know, there's so many more layers to, to understand to expect them to get paid 10 or 20% of their overall salary is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it would be like, it, 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 you can apply that to anything. People are like, well, no, they, they're entertainment for us. And I think that's just such a, a classic chicken and the egg conversation. You're never going to definitely get, agree. You're never going to win it. Like do the players like, are they in servitude to the fans? Because without the fans, you wouldn't have any money. You know, they have to go to the games to support them, but without the athletes, you wouldn't have any games to go to. Exactly. So you're going to go back and forth. It's just a, a conundrum. Uh, what, I forget what that's called. A, a, I don't know, whatever, a conundrum. <laughs> um, we'll go with that. Yeah. Just go back and forth. And I mean, to me, I, I'm on the player side. I'm always going to be on the player side. I, sure. I think, you know, Blake Snell was very outspoken. And I think yes. a lot of people took his words kind of out of context or kind of in the incorrect way. Mm-hmm. He, the, all these guys would for sure play, play the game for free. They love the game, you know, yeah. the kids, but it's just, it's just the principle of what is happening. And, you know, you look at billionaire owners, uh, talking down to their yeah. millionaire players. And it's like, they're the, the, the scales are just not even at all. I can agree with being on the player side on that. Yeah. I'm like, even though baseball would be amazing right now and that would, but no way. Yeah. Can't man. We can't do it. No. So I guess, so how, how is it to work with Trevor? Yeah, he's uh, it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's kind of crazy. I was, I was, we were actually just talking about this in the car, uh, Taiki and Scott and I, I'm out in LA right now, uh, mm-hmm. visiting them, working with them, but, uh, it's crazy. So to give you a little background, at least in my experience, like I, I play, obviously I play baseball my whole life, but my, I forget whatever year UCLA went to the uh, college world series. I watched, like, I vividly remember watching every game with my dad that I was so enthralled by how Trevor pitched and, and just his, his demeanor. You know, I, I always wanted to throw foul pole to foul pole because of, I saw him do it. And it just validated. Yeah. I felt long toss was always way better for my body. And, you know, watching someone as successful as he was do it really validated that in my mind and just the whole storyline. And, you know, fast forward, it was, it was pretty surreal to be able to work with him. Um, and it was just really cool to be able to help tell those stories and, you know, have him believe in me to, to help, help the company. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I didn't really have, I was always a fan of him um, even when he was in Arizona and then to the Indians and, you know, being in Cleveland, I got to kind of see it from both sides, like them as uh, watching the Indians as a fan and then watching the Indians as being more involved. And I think, you know, Obviously, I heard I've heard all the controversial things he oh, yeah. said. He's spoken out, but you know, I didn't go in with any preconceived notions the first time I met him. And I do that with pretty much everyone in my entire life. If I don't mm-hmm. have, a, I have no reason to think. Like I can hear the stories people tell, but I don't. I I have not experienced that, so yeah. it's tough for me to go in judging someone and prejudging someone. And. He was just a laid back guy. He, he's very serious about his work. He's very intense in, in about his work, but you know, it, it's, it's great to work for him. He's very, he'll tell you exactly how it is. There's no guessing with him. Um, I think that's the best part about, you know, him being in, in the, uh, the CEO. Like if I ask him something, I don't have to worry about, is he like 
just telling me that or anything. It's like, listen, if he hates what I just did. He's going to tell me if yeah. he loves it. He's going to love, he's going to tell me. And I think that's probably one of the best parts. I think that's probably something people can probably understand or kind of deduce from, from his personality, but he's so much more, he's just so laid back and, and so just like, you know, excited about what we're doing and, and just always looking to better himself, better the game, better the, the player situations. And that type of forward thinking mentality, I think is just very, um, it's contagious. Mm. And, and that's something that a lot of people don't get credit for it. You're not trying to change just for the sake of change. You're trying to change things. Like for, for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. For the betterment of the game. And when he speaks out about Scott Boris or speaks out about the, what he did about the Astros, you know, it wasn't because he has this huge animosity or his ego or anything like that. No, like he believes in this and yeah. then he does it because he believes in it. Exactly. And, and, you know, he, he's been outspoken. He wants to do one year contracts yeah. uh, for the rest of his career. And people are like, well, it's dumb. Like just take the money. And his argument is I'm making it better for the pitchers who come after me. Yep. And he wants to eventually, you know, he wants to continue to get paid and for his performance and he's assuming all the risk, but he wants to set that level of the market um, for pitchers because there are the value one of the most, if not the most valuable asset a team can have. Cause if you have, if you have no pitching staff, you better be scoring 10 plus runs a game. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no. So, so there was a, uh, I was watching one of his videos the other day. It was uh, the recap of was it game four of mm-hmm. the 2016 world series. And then he, he, he was going through one of his innings that he was uh, pitching, like was honest about like that. If he, like that, if he did something just like one different way than the whole, yeah. I mean, the whole series would have changed. Yep. And like, he was just like honest about taking that players don't, I mean, they'll say that they take responsibility, but they won't. I mean, they're just saying it just to make other people happy. But yeah, I feel like Trevor's like straight up, like honest and truthful. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he takes, he, he takes all accountability when he needs to take accountability. Um, and that's contagious throughout, you know, especially our working environment is uh, we're, we're a very low ego environment and, and you can't operate in high ego environment. You can't operate successfully. For sure. and, and what we're trying to do is if I need, if, you know, we were actually just talking about this. If I think something can be proved on a video, Scott's editing, you mm-hmm. know, I'll t- I can tell him and he'll be like, okay, I'll take it and understand. It's not coming from a place of personal attack. Constructive criticism. Exactly. And, and you have to really buy into it. And oh, yeah. a lot of people kind of just hide behind constructive criticism just to kind of be an ass and just be like, trying to make you feel like you're not, you're not doing your job or anything, but if you really understand it and you really understand where that person's coming from. And then you know, he can always come back to me and he's like, Hey, I, like, why are we doing this on social? Why are we marketing it this way? You know, and I'll accept that and I'll be able to understand and have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that type of relationship, if you don't have that type of environment, if not being honest with each other, Exactly. It, I mean, that's, yep. And, and that's from top down. And, yeah. and that's, that's with, if, if there's not buy-in from the top, there's not going to be any buy-in from the bottom. I mean, cause you guys are s- such a close knit group. Yeah. So you got to have trust in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, Alec, it was fun. Yeah. I appreciate this, man. Take it easy. All right. You too. Huge shout out to Alec Palmer. Huge shout out. So with that being said, go check out Momentum on all social media platforms. Uh, their website is www. 
watch hyphen momentum.com. Also a huge shout out to routine baseball. I've been wearing their clothes for about, I want to say three, four years now, and they have been an awesome company to talk to. And they actually are supplying the shirts that I'm wearing through and for these uh, episodes interviews. So if you are looking for clothing that has to do with baseball and as a fan, and you just like the game in general, uh, yeah, go check out Routine Baseball. Uh, they started out of a basement just producing tees, and now they ship t-shirts and, and accessories all across the globe. Lastly, it's my first time saying this, like, share, and subscribe. I absolutely love it. Oh, and go Cubs. <laughs>